Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, your weekly exploration of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters through the Silver and the Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. It's a very special episode this week, actually, because it was suggested to us by a listener. Yes. Thank you very much, Abel Padilla. Yep. Abel flagged this one up a few months ago, about six, seven months ago now. Pointed us in the direction of it. It's a little bit of a stretch, but since we decided that we were going to cover other dimensions and such like, Mm -hmm. it's worth doing. It's an interesting story. I shall say no more at this time. Yes, listeners, if you're wondering what we're doing this week, it's issue five of Supergirl published on the 29th of March, 1973. Peter's going to tell you about the cover. At the top, we have the Supergirl logo, which is very dramatic. We've got Supergirl standing beside it. I think it's possibly my favourite Supergirl costume. It's the one where she's got the Supergirl logo over the side, as opposed to on the chest and everything. I think it's really cool. Our late 70s, early 80s costume, I like to think yeah, of it as. It's yeah. almost like a, it's a breast pocket sort of logo, rather than the full yes. covering up the, the chest sort of thing. And those little shorts with the little things sewn on them. Oh yes, of course. This is the Supergirls costume podcast. <laughs> that could actually go for quite a bit because she has had so many. Anyway, also at the top, on the top left corner, we have the DC bullet with Supergirl above it. And there's a banner that says, also, that bewitching magician Zatanna, who is a backup in this story. Yes, we should get this out of the way. We've actually done this Zatanna story in the podcast a long time ago because mm-hmm. it's a reprint of her first appearance in that issue of Hawkman. How it's exciting. a very condensed version of, of that as well. We did that, obviously, when we did our Zatanna's Quest episode about three years ago. Gosh, we lookers. Yes, probably longer than that now. But anyway, yes, back to Supergirl 5. Yes, and it's still 20 cents and it's still approved by the comics code. There we are. But the main image on the cover is Supergirl's weeping in the foreground. There's a row of green children wearing futuristic overalls standing in a line. The one in the foreground is pointing at Supergirl and saying, Supergirl, you betrayed us to the firing squad. And Supergirl saying, I, I had to. And indeed, there is. A firing squad of green-skinned, purple-uniformed aliens with their futuristic red blasters pointing at the children. Mm. To the side of Supergirl is another green-skinned alien figure with a purple hat on, another purple tunic. He has the most sensational eyebrows I've ever seen in a character. They're pointing up and all over the place. They're fantastic. Yeah, it's the sort of eyebrows you'd see on the girls in Geordie Shore or made in Chelsea (laughs) or something, if those even exist anymore. There we are. And he's got a lovely pointy goatee, but he's smiling evilly down at Supergirl. Gosh. Gosh. And there's a caption at the bottom that says... Supergirl turns traitor. Could you forgive her? Before you decide, read The The Devil's Devil's Brother. Brother. It's interesting. We should say it straight away. It's another Supergirl comic cover with some people being faced at a firing squad. Yes. Just like that Uh one from Adventure Comics 417 that we did a few months ago. Yeah. Let's Mm. see if there's any other similarities as we go on, listeners, shall we? It's also another crying hero on the cover, which we get a lot around about this era. Yeah. You're not a fan, are you? No, not a fan of that. (laughs) Jumping straight in. There's some text to start us off. One by one, the powers of the girl from the planet Krypton began to vanish. Why? The answer to the mystery lay somewhere beyond the doorway to another universe. And regaining those powers meant signing a pact with a being as sinister as Satan himself in... The The Devil's Brother. Brother. Opening splash image is Supergirl being hurled against a wall by a guy who looks a bit like... If Brainiac was... Mm. I don't know, had horns and had a goatee beard, essentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Purple unitard, I see, he 
as Peter described, he looks very much like the man on the cover, but the man on the cover seems to have more hair. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Green skin, pale green skin, goatee beard, little horns. We can see her in some sort of room. It looks like there's puddles on the floor, but it's probably just decorative. There's a table with a fancy chair and a microphone. A nice overhanging 70s light fitting. And this chap is hurling Supergirl against the wall. It's a massive womp sound effect as she collides. She looks unconscious, actually. And this evil man is saying, So, Supergirl, you do not believe that I have drained you of all your superpowers, eh? Then I will make it absolutely clear. And of course, to give that emphasis, he's flung her into a wall. Gosh, right. A caption tells us that this story was supplied by... Arnold Drake Scripts, John Rosenberg and Vince Coletta Arts. Vinny Coletta, superb. Right, straight in then, caption of the first panel, page two. What's the sweetest word in any college girl's dictionary? Weekend. Yes, Linda Lee, in her college apartment room with a couple of her pals. A couple of her pals are getting changed. Still approved by the Comics Code Authority. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah, they're all very modern and contemporary, I imagine. Linda wearing a nice sort of pinkish red polo neck type top or a black waistcoat and pink trousers very luminous she's saying sabra terry sorry but i can't join you for your folk dance weekend i've got that family obligation cool it linda there'll be other times what's in the package linda has a little package in her hand she offers it forward the next panel saying i don't know i got it in the mail and there's no return address sabra says ah a secret admirer i love mysteries back home in israel I read all of Sherlock Holmes. In Hebrew, open it, hurry. Linda's opened the package in the next panel and it's a book. And very helpfully, she continues. It's a book in some foreign language. Sabra, you speak many languages. What is it? This word looks like Sanskrit. And this is a bit like Finno-Urgic. But it's all quite strange. Maybe Professor Milbor can tell us. Next panel, Linda suddenly looks a bit dizzy. She puts her hand up to her head. as prompts Terry to say. Linda, what is it? N- n- nothing. Just a-, a sudden dizzy spell. It- it's passing already. A slow dissolve. Soon in the locker room of the rooftop gymnasium. Yes, we're jumping about all over the place here. Supergirl, for it is she, is now visible. Looks like she's maybe stashed her Linda gear into a locker. And she's thinking to herself, I couldn't tell Terry and Sabra that my family obligation is with cousin Superman. We're supposed to take some kids to the amusement park and I'm late. In the next panel, she seems to have leapt off of the, the roof. Only thing to do is fly there. And she seems to take flight indeed. However, the caption of the first panel on page three. Suddenly, Supergirl finds herself hurtling down. Yeah, this is a great shot. Very dynamic. Awkwardly posed, I must say. Supergirl seems to be, instead of flying, well... Eee! What, what's happening? I can't fly, I'm falling! But Supergirl's acrobatic skills turn the fall into smoothly timed flips. Yes, yeah, she manages to grab hold of a flagpole and stop herself from falling any further. There's a nice whoosh sound effect as she comes to a halt and she says, Whew, That was too close. And presumably she's dropped down to the ground in the next panel because she's using one hand to kind of mop her brow and she thinks, What happened to my flying powers? How long will this last? I hope Superman can tell me. As the Maid of Steel puzzledly walks away... Yeah, Supergirl looks up at a building above her as she's walking along and she's thinking... He's been in planet Earth longer than I, so this may have happened to him too, years ago. (laughs) Not very well laid out, this panel at all. We can't really see the top of the building, but she observes... That TV tower, it's swaying dangerously. And in the final panel of page three, she's come on full Spider-Man as she climbs up the side of the building, thinking... What a time for me to lose my flying power. Near hurricane winds yesterday must have weakened the tower. And the first panel, page four. Atop the building. Yep, Supergirl has made it to the roof to see that the sort of 
the metallic structure tower is starting to separate from its moorings. And she thinks, Not a second too soon, it's starting to rip. All those people below, can't let it happen. And then in panel two, she tries to grab the bottom of the tower. Well, things don't go too well, she thinks, uh, Can't support it. I, I lost my super strength too. Calling upon her heat vision, Supergirl focuses on the cracking steel. Cracking steel, that's me, listeners. There you go. Yep, great shot of Supergirl using her heat vision as she's thinking. It's working. I still have that power. The brake is welding. The tower will stand. But one blinding second later... Yes, Supergirl puts her hands up to her face, exclaiming, My eyes! Burning, flaming knives of pain! The pain recedes almost as swiftly as it came. However... Yeah, Supergirl looks distraught. She says, My vision powers are gone too. Is everything vanishing? Will there be anything left of Supergirl? And the caption of the final panel of page four. Returning to the streets in a daze. Supergirl, we see her crossing the road amongst the, the cars and pedestrians as she thinks. Cut it out. Self-pity won't help. I'm really late now. Better try some super running to pick up the kids. And we arrive at the top of page five. Caption of the first panel reads, For a few steps, Supergirl's legs move at blinding speed. And then... She trips, falling forward into the road. A car has to swerve to avoid her. And the motorist inside says, Look where you're going, Supergirl! You almost got splattered! She points out there's a shop name behind called Lowell's. L-O-W-E-L-S. Is that an in-joke? We'll never know. Caption for panel two. The Metropolis maid shakily boards a bus. And we see all the other bus passengers are astonished that Supergirl's taking this bit of transport. There's a man on the bus reading his newspaper and he says, Hey Supergirl, when did you start riding buses? And a very upset looking Supergirl is thinking, Of all the humiliating things, but what can I do? A slow dissolve. Reaching her destination. Yes, we see the Man of Steel. We see Superman standing with a, a nice interracial mix of kids. Obviously went to put Chinese girls from Kuwait kids as a, a slightly old looking black young lady. A Supergirl arrives. Big Cal is saying, Supergirl, you look like you've got trouble. I have, Superman. I'll tell you about it later. Sorry I'm late, girls, but I'll try to make it up to you at Funland. And the black girl who's standing there says, Ah, uh, who needs a corneal amusement park? And then the Chinese looking sort of girl, which doesn't actually get named that I'm sure of at this point, but we see that she has pigtails. So we're going to call her pigtails until otherwise. Yes. Pigtails replies. We too. That's who, Rowena. And you were excited about it yourself until this minute. I'm too big for that kid stuff. And Supergirl says. That's funny. I'm not. And then the final panel, page five, Rowena says. How about flying us to the moon, Supergirl? Now that would be groovy. <laughs> Great idea. Only not today. She thinks. For more reasons than I can tell you. We arrive at the top of page six. Caption of the first panel there reads... Easily, Superman bounds into the air. Yeah, Superman's flying to the air, bearing a taxi in front of him, which presumably is some of the kids that are going to Funland. And as he does this, he looks back, saying, We'd better get a move on. Meet you at Funworld, Supergirl. And Rowena says there on the ground, A flying taxi. Superman sure knows how to travel. Yes, uh, let's find a taxi that stays on the ground. Says Supergirl. She looks around. There's a taxi approaching. She yells, Cab! In the next panel, Supergirl, Rowena, Pigtails and a couple of other girls are inside the taxi. It's moving off. Supergirl is saying, That's a cute watch, Rowena. Little Bo Peep in her sheep. Yes, and irritatingly, Rowena's speech bubble covers the watch up so we can't really see it. <laughs> she replies, Yes, Supergirl, but I can't forget you're not flying us to Funland. 
Well, when a bear's a grudge, I know that feeling. A slow dissolve. Later, at Funland. Yes, there's a nice ramshackle building which is called the House of Shudder, which obviously should have been another mystery title from DC <laughs> Comics. Can you imagine? And there's another building in the background we can see that bears the legend Custard. Now, just imagine a DC comic called Custard. What would that have been like? Maybe it would have been something like Plop, I imagine. When we write our DC comic, we'll have uh, one certainly called the House of Shudder and we'll do one called Custard. Yes. Yeah, custard. Anyway, so Supergirl and Rowena and Pigtails are all walking around. Rowena isn't too impressed by the House of Shudder because she says, Who wants to see a funny old spook house? To which Pigtails says, Rowena, you're the biggest monster movie fan of us all. Supergirl, you'll love it. And they move inside the House of Shudder. The final panel, we can see a little bat flying around. We can see a giant spider on some cobwebs. Might put this panel on the socials to upset some of our listeners. Supergirl is saying, Remember, stick close together, please. I don't want to lose you, Rowena says. Yeah, we don't want to leave Supergirl alone. They might scare her to death. Now, the first panel of page seven, Rowena says, let's see what's behind the first door. And she opens it and a large, scary, brainiac lookalike Frankenstein's monster type guy looms out, exclaiming, <laughs> Rowena laughs and says, hee hee, Frankenstein. Hope he didn't scare you too much, Supergirl. In the next panel, Pigtails opens a door and we see a giant octopus. Rowena observes, that octopus wants to hug you to death. And she laughs. Supergirl says, right. Reminds me of a boy I knew in high school. <laughs> Don't run too far ahead, Rowena. Okay. Next panel. No sign of Rowena. Supergirl is crying. Rowena, where did you go? Are you in here? She opens another door and a skeleton wearing a fancy evening suit and a top hat appears saying, Welcome to Murder Manor. Glad you made it in time for dinner. Otherwise, there'd be nothing to eat. Ha, ha, ha. That's quite scary. Listen, if the skeleton's going to eat them. Well, it should eat something. Yeah. Next panel. Supergirl looks around and says, I've got to find Rowena. I don't want any more of you to get lost. So wait for me outside, please, and don't move. Yeah, she says that to the three remaining girls, one of whom implies... We won't, Supergirl. The next panel, Supergirl looks so she's leaning against a door for support. And she's thinking to herself, Here's the last door. Rowena has to be behind... Oh, dizzy. Just like this morning in the dorm. And the final panel of page seven, it looks so Supergirl's leaning against the wall of the door, or so the door is open. It's not very clear. And it looks as though she's being struck by a little barrage of yellow and green light. She exclaims, I, uh, I'm being bombarded by pain again. And a slow dissolve. Later, as shades of an internal light slowly lift from her eyes... Yes, her location has changed. We're in a large, brightly lit room with a fancy overhead light fitting. A man with astonishing buttocks. He has green skin, he has a little devil beard and devil horns. He's the guy we saw in the splash panel, presumably who we were supposed to see in the cover. He's standing over Supergirl, who's down on the ground. And a couple of other similarly clad and similar looking... Green men are standing behind one of them as his arms folded. Supergirl looks up at this scary figure and she says, Who who are you? You look like Satan. If you're not the devil, you're his brother. Are you holding Rowena prisoner? Yes, replies this strange man. As he stands over Supergirl in panel two, he continues, I am Dax, ruler of my world in the third star system of a dimension not unlike your own. You, you mean I've walked through to another dimension? But how? Not you, Supergirl. My own scientific genius opened a temporary door to your dimension. Through it, I sent that book to you. The strange book? But, oh, I'm starting to get it. That weak, dizzy feeling after I opened the book? Precisely. I fired ganon rays at you. The book itself had been bombarded with them. 
then that's what dropped me on my powers. But why? And he's producing a pistol in his hand in this panel as he continues, I'm holding your superpowers, Androena, for ransom. You do my bidding, and I will restore them both to you. Supergirl tries to get to her feet in the next panel, saying, I don't like squeeze plays, Dax, and I don't like you. Evil hangs over you like bad perfume. Temper, temper. Remember, Supergirl, there's nothing super about you now, except your costume. In the first panel of page nine, Dax continues, I ask very little of you, only to help me put down some youthful rabble. Supergirl lunges forward as a bit of a whoosh. She might still have some lingering super speed, but she trips and falls flat on her face, saying, I'll, I'll... Dax gestures widely and says, There, you see? You're powerless. She gets back to her feet in the next panel, rushing towards him, saying, I suppose this rabble is fighting for freedom? Exactly, replies Dax. Supergirl continues, But you couldn't beat them. That's why you pulled me into this dimension. I won't help you. And at this point, we're back at the splash panel because Dax has shoved her back into the wall. Oof, she exclaims. Dax looms towards her, looking very satanic in the next panel, saying, Think, Supergirl, if you remain powerless, thousands of Earth people you could have saved will die. Disasters Supergirl could battle will take their toll. You're clever appealing to me in that ground, but I won't drop the freedom of one world to help another. Forget about whole worlds and just concentrate on one innocent child. Must she pay for your stubbornness? And we see that he's holding up Rowena's watch to taunt Supergirl. Supergirl looks appalled and exclaims, Rowena! In the first panel of page 10, she's got to her feet. She says to Dax, I have no choice. What do you want from me? A group of rebel students holds Numbraka University. If we attack them directly, they will explode a nuclear plant there, destroying a vast area. What makes you think I can overpower them before they blow it up? Come, I will show you. They walk to a nice little weird statue. Female figure. She looks a bit like Duo Damsel, triplicate girl from the Legion yes. to my uh-huh. eyes. Uh-huh. Looks like a metallic sort of statue. Dax gestures to it and says, This is your Annie, an ancient goddess of youth. They have taken her as their rebel symbol. If you appear... Yes, she looks like me. Not exactly, but close enough. Yes, they might take me for your Annie. Yeah, it's a shame that Supergirl didn't have the idea to go and get Duo Damsel, but there we go. In the next panel, Dax has produced his pistol again, and he points a gun at Supergirl, little burst of green rays, and he's saying, You will gain their confidence and lead them into an ambush. If you turn on me, Rowena has no future. Now, I will return your powers with these AG rays. Obviously, that's what he used before. Supergirl basks in the glow and says, Yes. You have to trust me now, just as I have to trust you. In the next panel, they've moved outside the, the building on the little balcony. We can see the pink sky with the, the yellow clouds drifting through it. Pink sky, is that a sign of a crisis? I don't mm. know, in this other dimension. Mm. Supergirl is saying, Wait, I never saw Rowena's watch close up. How do I know it's really Rowena's and not some forgery to fool me? Here, see for yourself. In the final panel of page 10, Supergirl takes a look at the watch as Dax frowns behind her. Hmm. Yes, that looks like it. It's Rowena's all right. I'm convinced. And she flies off in this little balcony in the first panel of page 11, thinking, I haven't any choice if I'm to free Rowena, but I do feel guilty about selling out the kids of this dimension. Capture for panel two reads, A flashing flight. Yep, she's made her destination very quickly. She's flying down towards, well, she tells us where she's flying down towards, as she thinks. There's Embraca University. Dax said they were heavily armed. Hope they don't open fire on me from there. 
Yeah, we can see a lot of people walking around, some odd-shaped structures. Kind of looks a bit Star Trek-y in a way, Very doesn't it? It's so, like a yes. Star Trek Matte painting or a mm-hmm. fantastic journey repurposed from Star Trek Matte painting. Panel 3, following on from what Supergirl just thought, indeed some explosions go off, there's a blam, there's a boom, there's a foom. All these explosions in mid-air as she dodges them as she flies and thinks, They're firing at me! They can't really identify me yet. At this height they must think I'm some kind of missile. This will be tricky. I quite like the next panel, actually. The explosions are still going on as she flies down towards one of the uni buildings, thinking, They'll be able to see me in a few more seconds. I just have to hope I can keep this flak away. And we're down on the ground in the final panel of page 11. We see a couple of boys and one girl from this weird alien dimension. They've got chains around the wrist, obviously stopping them from going too far. And two of the boys are cradling what looks like a form of bazooka, which is firing up at Supergirl the Bazam. And this green-skinned girl walks towards them saying, Wait! Stop! Don't you see who's flying to us? And the next panel, Supergirl alights beside this girl and the other boys are there. And the girl in green says, Aye! It's Urani! She's come to lead us against Dax the Tyrant! We see there's another statue of Urani there. Looks a little bit more like Supergirl and a little bit less like Geo Damsel. One of the green-skinned boys exclaims, Urani! And one of the other boys says, We cannot fail now! As Supergirl alights, she's thinking, Now I know how Benedict Arnold must have felt when Washington's troops cheered him. Supergirl approaches the youthful-looking green-skinned other-dimensional kids in the next panel. It looks like there's... Actually, just the way it's drawn, looks like she's crying. This is terrible. Mm. She's saying, Too long I watched you from afar, struggling for freedom. I can no longer stand by. And the green-skinned girl who we met already replies, You are, Urani. You have her powers. And you will help us to fight Dax. Yes. We will attack Daxi's palace, says Supergirl. One of the boys says, No, that's your death. Urani would not send us to such slaughter. We remain here. But Supergirl says, I have uncovered a weakness in the palace defences. The green girl says, Show it to us, Urani. Lead us to victory. Liberation begins at home. So let us break this first chain. With that, she uses her heat vision to melt the chain that surrounds the base of the statue that all of the kids are all joined up to. How is that practical? <laughs> How do they all go to the bathroom or eat or anything? Anyway. It's a protest. I suppose is that what they're doing? Right, yeah. okay. Right, I'll let you off. The green girl observes this and says, Look, she melted the chain with a glance. Who else but Jurani could do that, Ara? Ara's obviously one of the boys that's with her. In the next panel, Supergirl is flying off, holding on to the green-skinned girl's hand, who's holding on to one of the boys, who's holding on to one of the other boys, and they'll perform a little chain as they fly off with a few... Other dimensional full moons in the background with the looks of things. So take it, take what, five drinks? Supergirl is saying, Now, on to Dax. And the green-skinned girl proclaims, The Liberation War has begun! A slow dissolve. Shortly! Yep, it looks as though they've landed outside a gate somewhere. Probably outside Dax's palace. Supergirl is saying, This gate is lightly guarded. Follow me. And then Ara says, But how will we get past the gate itself? And then the next panel, which really made me laugh, and actually, when I was doing the prep last night and I sent it to Peter, Supergirl replies, This way! And she, with a quim, punches through the gate so that it shatters. And all the green-skinned kids shout together, Freedom! Yes, they've always been watching Braveheart. And the next panel, Supergirl and the green kids move in, and they're immediately confronted by a couple of Dax's purple-clad guards, one of whom says, Halt! You are surrounded! And another one says, Surrender or die! And Ara cries, An ambush! We've been sold out! And in the next panel, Ara steps forward to the guards, saying, No surrender! We'll take two for every one of us you kill! All the other green kids stand behind him, look a little bit unsure as to whether or not they're agreeing with him or not. Mm. 
A tiny caption tells we're continuing the third page. Following we pass the tapes and records advertisement again. What leaps out there? Rod Stewart, the Cat Stevens and the Carpenters. Osmond's Crazy Horses, that's yep. me sorted. Osmond's Live, that'd be good. Mm. Sly and the Family Stones, greatest hits, that'd be even better. Mm-hmm. And if you arrive at the first panel, page 14, it's Supergirl steps in front of the kids saying, No, Ara, stop. He means it. You'll all be slaughtered. To which Ara says, You did this, you Renny. You're a goddess, all right. Goddess of betrayal. Dax has appeared in the scene in the next panel. He has Rowena by the wrist. Dax says, Well done, Supergirl. The rebellion is crushed. You kept your part of the bargain. Here, then, is the child. Rowena doesn't look happy. She says, You took my watch. I want it back. In the next panel, Dax seems to be ushering the two of them away, saying, Hurry, the doorway to your dimension will close in three minutes. Here's the child's watch. To which Supergirl says, You keep it, Dax, to remember this day of infamy. I want my watch, says Rowena. Next panel, it looks as though it's all descending into a big squabble. The green-skinned girl is saying, I hope you're happy, whoever you are, now that you've robbed our freedom. Ara says, I knew you were sent to betray us. And Rowena, looking at Supergirl, says, Supergirl, why did you give away my watch? Suddenly. And a little cloud of gas is shown, emerging from Rowena's watch and hitting Dax in the face. There's a foom <laughs> and, and he's coughing. <laughs> in the first panel of page 15, Supergirl takes advantage of this, saying, now, strike now, all of you. Dax will remain unconscious for hours. With a quump, she punches one of the guards after striking one of the other ones. Then in the second panel, she loops around, swinging her fist, knocking out a few more guards at the same time. Rowena watches this saying, Hey, I dig it now, Supergirl. You booby-trapped my watch. Yes, Rowena, when Dax handed it to me for inspection. A slow dissolve, the capture for panel three. After the enemy is beaten. Yes, Supergirl looks up at the sky and we can see sort of bursts of yellow cloud obscuring our views of a few of these alien moons in the purple sky. Not really sure what Supergirl is looking at. She's looking at some kind of tower on top of this building they're standing next to. It's not very clear exactly what's going on, but she seems to know what's happening when she says, But our time to return is running out. In the final panel, page 15, Supergirl looks back at Ara and the green-skinned girl whose name we didn't get. (laughs) Lazy writing here from Arnold Drake. As Supergirl and Rowena make their way towards some stairs, Supergirl is saying, You've won! But I must leave you. The doorway to my own dimension will collapse any second. To which Ara says, How can we thank you? The first panel of page 16, Supergirl looks back at them all saying, By guarding your freedom well. And the green-skinned girl, now holding a rifle, replies, Goodbye, Supergirl. The great statue at our university will bear two names now. Yorani, Supergirl. And in the next panel, presumably back inside Dax's palace, there's a doorway glowing with yellow energy. Supergirl races Rowena towards it, saying, There it is, the doorway to the funhouse. It's beginning to collapse. Hold the door. You have two more passengers to carry home before you fold up, says Rowena. Panel three, there's a massive crackle <laughs> sound effect. As Supergirl flies, her and Rowena through the doorway. Supergirl says, Made it. We're back in the funhouse. Yeah, but just, says Rowena. And we see in the final panel... Pigtail Girl and a couple of other girls from their party that arrived at the House of Shudder earlier on are there. Pigtail's Girl says, Supergirl, Rowena, what happened? And Supergirl and Rowena stand smiling at each other, holding each other's weight, and Rowena says, Just learn Supergirl's really super. I really dig her now. Thanks, Rowena. I dig you too. And a tiny caption tells us we have reached the the end. end. Now, is that the worst story we've done since we started doing the podcast? (laughs) I wouldn't say it's the worst. No, it's very, very fast. Again, it's one of these 
almost overthrow the government without any thoughts. Yes. And running away. And these students could be terrible. <laughs> Dax would be un- remain unconscious for us. At least she didn't kill him. Well, she's away now. Yeah. Probably shot him in the face several yeah, times. Yeah, green skinned girl looks like that's what she's ought to do because obviously you see Drax lying on the ground behind her. Mm. <laughs> you know, well, it's, if not the worst, it's certainly one of the most disposable and lightweight stories we've done in a very yeah. long time. At mm. least the other Supergirl invades another dimension and causes a revolution story. I had a bit to say about sexual politics and, yeah. and all that sort of uh-huh. stuff. I'm surprised she didn't say to Superman, I've been having some trouble here, Clark. Yeah, it, literally when she first arrived, she should say, uh, can I have a quick word? Yeah. And then, you know, all this would have been avoided. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, the, the she, I suppose she did deal with, you know, help. There was some suppression going on of the students. I mean, I suppose mm-hmm. that's quite a contemporary sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Student riots and all that sort of stuff. Definitely, definitely. Ten soldiers and Nixon's coming and all that. Mm-hmm. Ohio, etc. The cover's another Defenders cover, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. There's no firing squad at all. There's no. no child who looks like Adric. <laughs> They're all wearing different clothes from what the kids yep. inside are wearing. Dax looks different. He's got a jaunty hat and no horns. Mm-hmm. His eyebrows are much better on the cover. Yeah, tufts of hair sticking outside where he's completely bald inside. Yeah. All a bit messy. But we're still glad Abel told us about it because it's another dimensional adventure, etc. Well, it is another universe, it says yeah. in the very opening caption. So, yeah, yeah that is another universe. It falls Fantastic. at the remit. So, thank uh-huh. you, Abel, because we would have missed this completely if you we hadn't told have, us about yes. it. So, thank you. And any other listeners, if you know of any other stories featuring parallel universes that you think we might miss that aren't obvious ones, then please get in touch. With Absolutely. Us. A few things I want to mention. Yes, I saw you scribbling yeah. furiously whilst we were recording. <laughs> Yeah, when Supergirl loses her powers, or absolutely some of her powers, she climbs up the side of the building and flashbacks to that Harold Lloyd silent movie where he's climbing up the side of the building. and Because basically the ridges inside the building look exactly like that. Mm. And another kind of reference that I don't know was deliberate or not, but when she's flying with all the the students in tow and they're all hand in hand flying behind, it was very Peter Pan. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. I wonder if that that was probably some deliberate symbolism, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I would think so. That's yeah. What else did you scribble furiously? Well, what did you think of the art in this story? I found it very variable. Uh-huh. I think Supergirl looked gorgeous in various panels. She looked lovely. She mm-hmm. looked really good. It was very dynamic, very fast moving. At no point were we struggling really to see what was going on. Mm. It was another one of these stories where you you could follow it without needing the dialogue. Yeah, but there's quite a few sort of panels. There's not a lot of background detail. Yeah you know, empty rooms, as I always sort of call it, but there's not too many. I mean, mm-hmm. the page 11, when she's flying down to the university buildings, that's quite good. The, yeah. I made the comment about how they all looked a bit Star trek and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind the artwork. I'm going to come down on the side and say that I quite liked it. It had oh, a okay. almost Archie-esque, in a way. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I know not what you really. Mean. Mm-hmm. It reminded me the way that some of the early Ms. Marvel solo stories kind of looked. Okay. Some okay. of the, da- the stuff that Frank Thingy did for Dazzler. And they, mm-hmm. you know, it felt like an authentic female-led comic story of this period. Whether or not that's a good thing or not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at uh, page nine here. In the bottom two panels, you've got Dax's face looks great, isn't it? Which is fine. Then you mm. cut to the next panel and Supergirl looks completely cross-eyed, isn't it? Well, that's because she's bog-lied and she just spotted Rena's watch. <laughs> okay. It borders on the simplistic in some panels and yeah. quite detailed in others. It's, mm. it's a little uneven, I'll grant you that. But I think the art, to be honest, I think the artwork's the best thing about it. Yeah, okay. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Peter disagrees. I disagree. I, I see what you yeah. mean. It's that she does look, but it might have been better, actually, to just have a flip mm-hmm. of the second last panel of page nine and have, let's see, Supergirl's face in close-up with the yes. watch being, that might have told it yeah, a little better. Yeah, that would better, huh? But no, I, I, yeah. I like it a lot. It's it's, it's quite dynamic. It's just, I think it, yeah, Vinnie Coletta though. 
Yeah, I wonder how much of the original artwork survived. A great name. <laughs> and how much he dropped out. I think, is this the first collector one we've done? I'm not sure. I think it might be, yeah. But John Rosenberger's not a name that's hugely familiar to me, do you know? No, nope, it's no? not a name I recognised at all. No. And we're not going to look him up, folks. But that's that's a job. Job if you want to do it, that's great. <laughs> yeah, Arnold Drake. I, I don't know. I think if he'd had more pages, we could have actually had a bit more story to this. I think, to be honest, it needed a few less pages for all the actual substance of, <laughs> of it all. Like the haunted house thing at the start is quite interesting. Yeah, that reminded me obviously of the the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon series. That oh, of me course, of episodes yeah. of Fantastic Dungeons and Dragons ride. Fantastic Journey, which has, you know, a Funhouse episode. Mm-hmm. That's quite an interesting way of getting her to the parallel universe. Let's go to this, you know, fall yeah. through a doorway in a haunted house, even mm-hmm. though it's like been created by this guy in another dimension. Yeah. You're saying about the dark, the artwork again. I mean, look at all the detailing in the buildings and stuff at the start. There's, mm-hmm. it's, some of it is really nice. Yeah, okay. Bottom page two, all the stuff on, on page page four. You know, the, the Supergirl losing her powers thing almost seems incidental. She could have just... Yeah. They could, that almost feels like padding. They could just have uh-huh. her starting off to meet Superman and going straight mm-hmm. to the, the haunted house. And yeah, that would have made more sense. It but would have, you know... Yeah, but he had to show that Dax had some sort of power over her, so I suppose that's one way to do it. Yeah. Although he could have like kidnapped her without that. Also, that means that Dax can peer into Earth-1 as well and see it. And, he's, and he's spotted Supergirl, mm. saw the resemblance to Arani, and that statue, as you said, is very Legion of Superheroes. It is very much like something they would have on display. So yeah, that was very apt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he can do that, and he can also cast his his radiation. What would he call? What's the radiation called again? Again, something else is going to affect Kryptonians, which uh, never comes up again. Ag rays. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ganon. Ganon rays. So it must be Ganon rays. Anti Ganon rays. Yeah. So it's Ganon rays, and it must be AG, must be anti-Ganon rays. So one to take away your powers, yes, and one to that makes sense. Uh, give them back. That works. But again, that's just a wee quick aside. But yeah, also the original series Star Trek references that you made as well, they are very apt. Certainly the costumes and stuff, the unitards and everything that the, the aliens seem to be wearing is very much in line with that sort of thing. It's very generic though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But again, fun story. I quite enjoyed it. The the freedom uh, allusions to uh, Braveheart was quite funny. Yes, that made, that really made me laugh. <laughs> um, I made a political aside when I sent it to Peter, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share that here. <laughs> you should have voiced the Green Alien Girl and Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing would have given me greater displeasure. <laughs> Stretch those vocal cords. You could have done it. I'm not gonna sit here and be Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> you can stand over there and be Nicola Sturgeon. That was an anti Nicola Sturgeon joke. I'll leave that to Peter Will he decides to put that in. Aside from the artwork which I really like, I think it's the most generic, ordinary, dull story uh-huh. we've ever done. She could have been transported to another planet rather than yeah. uh-huh. a dimension necessarily. It's a fun one to do just because of that. Abel, I'm slagging it off a little bit. I'm glad you told us about it. <laughs> yeah, we would have been annoyed if mm-hmm. we'd missed it. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's the yeah, ordinary is the, the best word I've got for it. Really, it's a, it's the equivalent of a Doctor Who story like Time Lash or The Mysterious Planet or The yeah. Sunmakers, even though as it's political stuff or or under not even underworld like underworld. It's a bog standard space filler. Yeah, it's a season two or three episode of Star Trek Next Generation uh-huh. that no one remembers the name of. Yeah, or it's a standard season two episode of Voyager. A generic runaround. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. Shall we see what the readers felt about it at the time? I would love to. So we'll jump on to issue nine, and the column's called Super Female. Of course, it is M A I L OBS, and the first letter says, "Dear editor." Latest issue, five, of Supergirl was absolutely fantastic. The Bob Oxner cover really did it. I never expected to see John Rosenberg's work in this magazine. The artwork is really great. 
Arnold Drake's first Supergirl script was good for a starter. His work on the Doom Patrol was a knockout. Absolutely entirely agree with that. And I hope he can do the same with Supergirl. The reprinted origin of Zatanna was unexpected and came as a pleasant surprise rounding off the issue. And that's from Will Nash from Magnolia, New Jersey. And the editorial response is... Dear Will, thanks for the good words. John Rosenberger will be pencilling Lois Lane for us while Art Saf will return to pencil The Maid of Might. Interesting. Just quickly, listeners, the story in issue 9 of Supergirl is much better than the issue 5, so go to that <laughs> instead. The next letter reads, The fifth issue of Supergirl was the fifth good issue in a row. The character of Supergirl proves that an overabundance of superpowers and a superheroine does not make interesting stories a difficult achievement. I don't know how many times Supergirl has lost her powers for plot development, as in The Devil's Brother of the June issue, but each time it's for a new thrilling adventure. Just a few years ago, each time one of the super cousins became powerless was a devastating experience. Now, however, there are many more tactful methods to make Supergirl non-super. There were many great plots, especially in the 50s, wherein Superman became powerless, back in the days when he was usually depicted as an omnipotent figure. He was at a great loss to cope with situations at these times, and usually the tale revolved around his just trying to stay alive. With Supergirl, it's different. She not only copes, but wins as well. This is true. But this is to be expected. Since Superman lost one third of his powers, Supergirl is more super than her cousin. And that's from Jim Balco, Holden, Massachusetts. Interesting. That brings up an interesting thought we haven't really talked about in the show. That is that is fair. Yeah. Was she was she affected by Kryptonite No More and all that type of nonsense? Not that I know they covered in any of this. So mm-hmm. you would think she would have been, but as far as I'm aware from the Supergirl stuff that I've read around about this time, which isn't a huge amount, I don't remember it ever being I've mentioned. Very, I've read very, very few Supergirl stories from this time. I've got mm-hmm. a couple more. I've got the, the Zatanna Abominable Snowman one. I've got the one of the GLA and the Medusa thing. Mm-hmm. And I've, obviously I've got the, the one where she meets Prez, because mm-hmm. we're going to do that. Yes. Stay tuned. Throwing forward listeners that this is the, the publication gap between issue 9 and 10 of Supergirl is insane. <laughs> it's going to be a long time before we get to it, but you know, we're doing it. Yeah. I haven't read much either, but you're right. It's, again, it just sort of shows there's no real, even though they were trying some new stuff, they still don't have a full, proper, overall consistency. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the editorial response to Jim's letter is... Dear Jim, not only is she more super, but more interesting too. Superman has his profession and lifestyle mapped out, while Supergirl does not. Along with the interesting problem of having two sets of parents, she still has to decide what she wants to do with her civilian life. The fact that she's young and beautiful also provides for interesting romantic entanglements, especially since she has a talent for becoming involved with men who are not exactly paragons of virtue. (laughs) And one more thing. Supergirl's a lot cuter than her cousin. Oh dear. We're not going to do the next letter because it's um just all about Supergirl's parents and candor, but I think that the last letter is worth covering. And it says, Dear Editor, since Linda Danvers is a college graduate, old enough to vote, she is legally classified as an adult. Therefore, it is becoming increasingly inappropriate to continue calling her alter ego Supergirl. While it might seem a little late, considering her magazine has already been titled and all, I feel that Superwoman is a more proper nom de cape. It has to happen sooner or later, so why not now, before she becomes super senior citizen? And that's from Carl Meris, San Diego, California. Now, take a stiff drink at this editorial response, listeners. Dear Carl, there are many answers to your most profound question. From our side, one, Superwoman has too many letters to use as a title. Mm -hmm. You agree with that, Peter? Right? (laughs) You shock me, sir. Two, Change would affect Supergirl's editorial staff severely. Right, that's that's a cop-out. And three, we like her the way she is now. From Supergirl's side, one, she'd have to change all her business cards. True. 
Two, she's got enough problems already without trying to get accustomed to herself in a new frame of reference. <laughs> and three, since she also hasn't done anything about it, Supergirl must also like herself the way she is now. Very telling, that's from someone called Alan Asherman, editorial assistant. So I guess he replied to all the other letters. Yeah. Alan, that's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, no. she likes it. It's no, fine. that's so reductive and misogynistic. You know, it was really of the time, isn't it? Yeah. Too many letters, it's going to affect the editorial staff severely. How? What the f- does that mean? He's just having a laugh. It's, just mm. like, it's fine. The other thing that's worth, I think, really important to mention is that of the four letters in this issue of Supergirl, only one of them's from a from a lady. One of the two of them is from guys. Mm-hmm. That's quite interesting. That says maybe a little bit about what the audience of the comic was at that time. Anyway, in fairness, the word superwoman does actually apply to another character. Anyway, that we've yeah, it's the, the established member of the Earth, of the the Earth Three Crime Syndicate and yeah. another character that's going to turn up in DC Comics Presents eventually. And that should have been his answer. Yeah. There you go, Alan. A very, I'm not impressed by Alan Asherman at all. Anyway, right. Thank goodness that's over. <laughs> Are you impressed by Alan Asherman? You can write in and let us know. You can email us at the earth2podcast at gmail.com or you can send us a voicemail at speakpipe.com forward slash the earth2 podcast. And also make sure you follow us on social media because we're putting up some lovely bonus material for this and indeed every episode. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth 2 Podcast. And at Twitter, because we're still calling it that, we're in podcast underscore Earth 2. And it's the number two for all our social media. Yep, there won't be an awful lot of bonus material this week, listeners. I've managed to find a couple of foreign reprints of, of this. So we cover panels as usual on Instagram and such like. So a bit of an easy week for me. As I will say at this point, if you're feeling generous, you go to wherever it is you receive your podcast and give us a review. Hopefully a nice one, that'd be fun. Or you could go to our coffee page and buy Peter the Price of a Beverage, that'd be even more fun. Uh, it's an interesting one. It's I kind of, when I was reading this in the prep, I messaged Pete saying, this is terrible. And <laughs> I still think it's terrible, but the artwork was nice. That'd be my, be, it's very unusual for me to actually come down so negatively and be so dismissive yeah. of anything that we've covered. I thought it was fun, but the artwork was subpar. There we go. It's there like a go. flip of that Justice League one we did yonks ago, when I really liked <laughs> and you really didn't like it at all. Anyway, right, let's go and have our lunch now. Indeed, on that bombshell, I've been Peter. And I've been David. We'll see you again soon on... The Earth 2 Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. <laughs>